2: believe 18 of the grave consequences podcast i am caleb b and that's where you can follow me on twitter please follow the show account at gc underscore cast please follow greg at x maserati he will spell that out for you in the description because i am terrible at remembering how to spell that off the top of my head please follow the social suplex account at social suplex Search for the Grave Consequences Podcast or the Social Suplex Podcast Network wherever you download your podcast. The title of this episode is No Escape, but we had a good alternate title this week, didn't we, Greg?
3: Oh, yes. A much better episode name. Uh, You should be able to find this one under Fast Count, Get Off My Girlfriend. (laughs)
2: Yes, I love it. One of the better calls of uh, Matt Stryker early on in the season. Uh, folks, the date of recording is December 16th. The date this releases will be New Year's Eve. By the way, if you love hearing my tones, you can listen to me every Wednesday night after NXT and AEW Dynamite on, the, on Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. I believe last night, uh, December the 30th, we would have reviewed Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, and by God, was it awful. Capped off by the fact that We waited for the Power Rangers to put on their costumes until 71 minutes into the movie. Jesus. Yeah, and it was only an hour and 40, so two-thirds of that movie without them in costume. It was pretty lame. What were they doing the whole movie? Just trying not to die, I guess. Like, trying not to get (laughs) killed by Divatox. And by the way, Divatox was god-awful. Who the hell's Divatox? exactly exactly like i'm not even a rangers fan and i'm like this diva villain sucks dude dude i mean ivan ooze was added for the first
3: one but ivan ooze was cool he was funny
2: yeah ivan ooze was awesome man like like i'd never watched the power rangers show as a kid but like ivan ooze was amazing in that movie in my opinion um the the other upside was like ah oh, yeah Kimberly was in this so i mean that's cool like she was a a babe at that time so that's cool was she the pink ranger uh god i i think
3: yeah i don't see it it was it was after yeah. my time too like i wasn't in the ninja turtles and i moved the x men and power rangers was something that came like when it came out you were you were old it was okay to read comic books but it, you were a little too old to watch power rangers
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. And apparently, like, what makes it worse, and I didn't know this, but um Divatox was was so revered as a villain that they brought her into the show and made like her art canon. So you spent like an entire season with Divatox in focus, and that—oh my god—I couldn't imagine. It sounds weird,
3: but I yeah, mean, if,
2: sure. if it if it was over, I guess go for it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Greg, do you have HBO Max?
3: Uh, I have a lot of accounts that aren't mine that I'm using, uh, from friends <laughs>
2: asking, like, I mean, yeah, I don't need to know your, I don't need, need to know your hookups brother.
3: Yeah, I got a lot. Um, I might, I'll have to check, I'll have to check with my
2: ex and see,
3: see if she has it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> feel free, feel free if you want to, uh, watch turbo on HBO max and you can then listen to our podcast as a companion piece and uh, get some joy out of that. I suppose. But that's enough aside as far as I'm concerned. I think we can get into the episode. All right. So we definitely we started off strong, though. We had Pentagon versus our And the thing I loved about this is we're starting to see Pentagon face some real competition here. And like our gave him the what for man. He even hit the brown eye kick on him.
3: He our definitely. And I wrote it down that it was kind of weird that he was really he was giving it to Pentagon like he was owning the match at first.
2: Yeah. Like if it was a football game, Arhinnis had the lead at half
3: for sure. Maybe even further.
2: Yeah, possibly. One thing I noticed, by the way, during uh during the match, just an aside, uh, they did a lot of clout chasing because they're like, Hey, AC Green, NBA legend, is in the in the uh in the temple. That's cool. And then they cut to Clark Duke, which uh did you ever see Sex Drive? No, I didn't okay uh he was in sex drive he was also in the later seasons of the office oh yeah 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 that guy i know who you're talking about now it's like the nerdy white guy with the glasses and the dark hair yes he was in kick you know, ass too i think uh maybe maybe uh you may be conflating him with uh, mclovin but um it's possible also josh barnett was in the crowd so that's
3: awesome I wrote it down in my notes and I had to cross it out. I was like, why would you not? Because they pointed, they they showed him twice and they didn't mention him till the second time. And the first time I wrote down in my notes, why the hell would you not point out just Josh Barnett? And then they went back to him and Stryker was like, oh, and Josh Barnett.
2: And I was like, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, like I said, like you could say like at half or later into the, the game per se, like Arhanis had the lead and then Pentagon just over overcame and took it back and he did a tope over the ropes. It was just amazing, man. Cause Pentagon, like Pentagon doesn't do that as much as everyone else does, man. I was thinking that too. I was like, man, I don't remember the
3: last time. And maybe he has done it recently, but I was like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that Pen- when I think of Pentagon, I don't, I don't think of a guy that doesn't do dives. I just, when I think of Pentagon, I, I can't remember the last time he's done a dive. And the, the other thing about this match is that he came across like the way he won was very much like if you played Def Jam fight for New York, they had the, they had the five different fighting styles you could choose. You could be, you could be martial arts and you could, you could eventually, you could choose like a a second and a third style to make like a more complex style. But you started martial arts, uh, kickboxing, which was Muay Thai, uh, street fighting, which was like boxing and street fighting, the punching, uh, wrestling, pro wrestling was an option. And then they had submissions. Where which you would do submissions moves. He came across really like like he was a submission shooter, like a not as technical maybe as as a Zack Saber Jr. or Minoru Suzuki, but he was just kind of like targeting body parts, and then he just caught him and made him tap, which like is like a real fight. You get caught in a you could get your ass kicked the whole fight. The moment you lock into lock someone into a submission hold and you have it in,
2: they're gonna tap. Yeah, just ask Chell Sonnen against uh, Anderson Silva. It's all it takes. Yeah, exactly. Um, dude. Yeah, Pentagon hit the package pile driver, then he got the armbar and the verbal submission, and then he broke his arm, just like a badass. Dude, that package pile driver, it looked so good. Yeah, crisp, dude. Looks like he
3: broke his damn neck when he landed it. It's, pile drivers are crazy looking sometimes.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Oh, by the way, one thing that makes this better because I was thinking, I knew like between season one and two, one was almost 40 episodes and one was only 26. I thought it was the first season. I'm like, damn, we are like on the 18th episode and there's still so much we haven't crossed off. And then I figured out like, oh, it's because we've got 20 episodes left.
3: It's a slow buildup. And I forgot to mention this, but I'm pretty sure that this was the very first episode of Lucha Underground I watched because I remember. Not this match too much, but everything that comes up next, I, I remember going like, oh, man, I remember seeing this for the first time. I think this was the first Lucha Underground match I ever saw.
2: Yeah. Our show. Um, my, yeah, I was going to say my first show would have been next week's show, which is uh, Grave Consequences, actually. Oddly enough, as we mentioned, what the show's named after, of course. Um, oh, by the way, after the match, Pentagon got on the ring. He said, Master, as you can see, no one can stop me. I am prepared. I am Cerro Miedo. And again, that gimmick is just getting over like Rover, and it's still over to this day. Still is.
3: And there's another gimmick that's going to come up that I swear is more over this episode than it ever has been. And I'll wait till we get to it to point it out.
2: Well, it, yeah, enlighten me because I, I couldn't remember, man. We had a Phoenix vignette, and uh, Katrina shows up to basically warn Phoenix about Mil Muertes. As if he didn't already know to fear the guy, uh, but but Katrina basically says like you have to bury him, so that leads us to what we're going to talk about next week, which we will bring up later. But we had another Conan vignette about revenge, and again, it's just playing up like oh Conan's such a badass. Conan's this. Conan's that. Conan can barely walk.
3: Yeah, I wrote that down too. I wrote down how cool can you make a guy look with a cane. That can't take, can't, they can barely walk and take any bumps. And they show a scene where it's, I was like, is it raining inside? Cause I thought he was inside because of the windows on the wall. Yeah. And then, and then he's surrounded yeah. by a bunch of guys and he's swinging his cane in the water, like, like a kung fu movie. I'm like, is he going to beat these guys up with a cane? Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. This is a stupid, stupid
2: fucking package. Yes, I agree. We, <laughs> we cut to an, But yet, of someone driving in a car. Now, was that... Okay, because I saw the mask, but I couldn't make a good eye of it. It was kind of late at night when I was watching the show. It was either El Dragon Azteca or King Cuerno. I couldn't remember which one. It was Cuerno.
3: And I actually like this package because it was just i had a, a, the music and the energy it just seemed like someone like uh if you ever seen the movie drive like how he's driving and they have the, the badass music from the chromatics yeah. it just seemed like a badass drive and this you see the time flow while he's driving it's day it's night it's day it's night and it's him going to the to the uh, temple
2: mm-hmm. sorry i had to had to get a swig of water there mm-hmm. um but yeah, good. Uh, it, it was an interesting vignette. Um, maybe I would have got more out of it if I wasn't almost asleep because I decided to watch this at one o'clock in the morning. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, it, if anything, it probably would have put you more to sleep because it was a cool thing, but it was like one of those lingering kind of
2: scenes. So it probably put you more to sleep. <laughs> it, may, it may have, man, because I had to actually rewatch the last five minutes of the show because like, I was like, okay, there's like 14 minutes left. I can make it. Oof. Blah, blah, blah. Cut to 10 minutes later, and I'm like out. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, man. But anyway, the next matchup, we had Angelico versus Ivelisse. This is their second encounter. And I like that. Um, So the announcers point out there's no referee in the ring. And then Melissa Santos uh, announces a special referee. And I like that the announcers don't know. Because it you know, tells us like, OK, some stuff goes on behind closed doors around here that even the announcers aren't seeing.
3: It is kind of refreshing because it's like if you go to any other show, any other wrestling show, I'm not going to pick on any one show, but any wrestling show, everyone sees what's happened, what's happening backstage as if cameras are always around, even in situations where cameras shouldn't be around. And yeah. this one, they're like, if someone gets jumped, they don't know which I like too. It's like, just like you said, it's, it's refreshing and, and they're caught off guard and it makes it refreshing. And, and when, I don't know if you noticed this, but when all three of them came to the ring, I, the audience was fucking going bananas for them. And I don't, they've been loser heels for, yeah. for a while. So I don't know what changed, but like Havoc got like a
2: lot of applause. Ivalice got a lot of applause. So, uh, Okay, you know how like I have a theory on that. You know how like the rumor is they would sometimes shoot matches out of order at the tapings? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they did here.
3: So when you say shoot out of order, are you saying like the other episodes happened before this? Or are you saying the other matches on the card showed up happened first? I'm
2: saying I'm saying like maybe one of these three, or maybe even all of these three had a particular match come up and one of them showed out and they got really over with the crowd. And then they taped this afterward.
3: Okay. That would make sense. Cause like, I, I, I like I said, I don't know if you noticed, but the crowd was really justifiably really, they, they were really
2: over with the crowd mm-hmm. as they came down, yeah.
3: especially havoc.
2: And you know what I'm referring to, but, uh, I don't want to give away too much to anyone who is following along with us for the first time. Oh man. You still there?
3: Yeah. I'm going to keep that in too, by the way,
2: <laughs> feel free, feel free. Um, but anyway, son of havoc comes out. He is the special referee. Oh, by the way, I did like that. Uh, before as the bell rang, J- uh, Jack Evans got a shout out from Matt Stryker because you know, Jack Evans, the well-documented ta- uh, tag partner, of Angelico at this time in Mexico and eventually in the states as well,
3: which is very there. They are now in AEW, <laughs> but they're not in Lucha Underground though.
2: And I, I don't think they ever tag together in Lucha Underground either.
3: No, there's we can't even talk about because of spoilers. But they they do some weird stuff with uh, to keep them apart. We'll we'll talk about when it happens. I think that's we will. We will. It might be late season two. It might be early season three. I don't remember.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, things happen like, oh, my God. Um. OK, one thing I noticed, there was a lot of false gentleman spots here again, just like there was in the first encounter. Um, East at one point nailed a corkscrew tope. And it looked really good.
3: Yeah, it was. This is was, this is probably the best match I've ever seen Ivalice in. Even in Lucha Underground uh, for. OK. And this is my opinion. I, I'm hoping to be not even hoping I'm I'm wondering if I will be proven wrong because she did a lot of and even Matt Stryker pointed this out. She did a lot of MMA transitional uh, moves in the submission. She did a lot of uh, crisp Lucha Libre moves like this. She looked great. And I, I did the, the rant last episode about, you know, usually intergender matches is the guy waiting for the the woman to do a move on him and then him yeah. looking like a fool the whole time. Uh, this was not mm-hmm. that. This was not that. Like she was doing moves that would work on someone that's of a different size than you. Uh, like she was taking them down using leverage and and like I said, MMA maneuvers and lucha libre, and she looked great. And it and even though there were a few tropes that I don't like in, in intergender and ma- in, in intergender matches, uh, they were so small and insignificant to the rest of the match. It d- it didn't bother me too much.
2: Yeah. Another couple of things that stuck out to me. One, Son of Havoc, the cheating referee that he is, kept, like, moving Evelise out of the way from a corner attack from Angelico or, like, you know, just different situations where where he could help her, he would. Oh, and also, Angelico is a complete POS. There's no pretense about it whatsoever. A couple of spots I noticed. At one point, she is sitting on his chest in particular, pinning him, and... He kicks it out, so she like lifts up. Well, then Angelica pulls her back down. Yeah, that was the other times that
3: Son of Havoc oh, broke up things. Like if it looked suggestive, yeah. even if she was pinning him, he would break up uh-huh. the count because it because mm-hmm. it's his girlfriend, and they implied mm-hmm. heavily that he was getting jealous. And like you said, Angelica was definitely being a horn
2: dog here. Yes. <laughs> there's something else he did because uh Eve catches him in a choke and he's still aware enough that he's like okay i gotta get out of this somehow well he starts uh in the words of matt striker caressing her backside oh yes yeah and uh havoc didn't like that
3: either and i like no. the fact that she was oblivious the whole time <laughs> she yeah. would just get
2: angry because she was trying to win exactly exactly it's like uh like imagine you're playing a competitive video game like a Madden or a wrestling game or whatever with like a little brother and you're not taking it too serious because you're so much better. But they just they don't care. They're just mad and they want to win. It's a good analogy that
3: that's very much similar to to this whole match. And then if you add a third person, which is the parent or I don't even know, someone else that's supposed to be making sure they're having a good time, you know, constantly yeah, breaking like a, up. Uh, yeah, resetting the game or like setting the match up again. Uh, it was yeah. a funny it was a funny match and all the the story with that was pretty funny and the crowd was loving it. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, um, I love that um and Helico eventually just gets pissed at Son of Havoc's interference and he goes to Roundhouse Kick or Inzaguri. Uh, Son of Havoc and Son of Havoc ducks and then Helico <laughs> accidentally kicks his opponent. Yep, and I think he also uh,
3: hit her with the capoeira kick, the uh, Mortella de Negativa. Uh, it's the okay. one where you're grounded and you and you kick upwards while you're from a grounded positioning. Um, okay, yeah. It's actually a really... It's like one of the most powerful kicks in the world. I sent you a video about it on uh, in the chat, and I also put it in our Discord. Uh, but that was... I think he... He didn't accidentally hit her. He was just—he just got instinctively threw it out there, and he hit her. And then he was all shocked and upset with himself, like, "Oh crap!" You know, yeah, I just—I just kicked the shit out of her.
2: <laughs> but he wasn't too upset because he did pin her in a very, very unique pinning position.
3: Yeah, possibly the what, what, what position did he have her in? I think he had her on her back with her, her legs, legs pinned up. down. Yeah, he had her legs by her. uh hit her ankles Children. by by her shoulders and he was laying on top of her uh, i think it was groin yeah. the groin and yes groin, groin and this is when we got the best quote so far from matt striker where son of havoc does a fast count and havoc and uh, striker says fast count get off my girlfriend
2: yes yes which made me laugh so just, hard yeah he was i mean i don't blame son of havoc like he was just tired of it man um She's probably glad to just get out of that mess, man. Um, okay, next up, we had a vignette for Mil Muertes. And Katrina is, of course, harassing Mil Muertes now. And she brings it up. She says, like, when we're done here, you'll be, ge- you'll be back to being the scared little boy that you always were. You will be Pasquale Mendoza. And I did have to write that down because I couldn't remember his last name or his first name. Um, and then she announces next week there will be grave consequences. So we have that confirmed the first ever grave consequences match between Mil Muertes and Ray Phoenix for those uninitiated grave consequences is essentially a casket match,
3: man. She really went for like the weakness. Like, you know, if you're ever with someone and they say something that just cuts you deep, man. Oh,
2: you have a small pecker like that. Yeah. kind of thing.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> she really went yeah. after him. And that, like, you could tell like in, in storyline like that, that would hurt. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly, man. Like, oh, Mike. But I am so ready for not only grave consequences, but the fallout and the evolution of everyone involved. I'm
1: so- say goodbye
2: so ready for it man it, i am too it just to me it's funny like
3: she's she's a she's a face right now like people she's over people yeah. like her they 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 get mad yeah. when he attacks her but she's not a good guy the way she, she's she's no. antagonizing him the way she's yeah the way she's antagonizing mill the way she's uh coercing phoenix to fight for her uh mm-hmm. she's basically like the girl you don't want to fall for because she's not going to leave yeah. her boyfriend, no matter how terrible he is. And yes, but she's going to mess around of you, and you're going to look like the bad guy, but, uh, it's a very interesting storyline. I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I agree, man. It's a tent tentpole storyline for the company or for the, for the brand even. Um, but this leads us to our main event of the night, the very first ever steel cage match. In Lucha Underground history. This is between between King Cuerno and Johnny Mundo. And I did like that Cuerno put his uh, trophy atop one of the corners outside of the cage.
3: There's a lot of attention to detail in the like you always point out, like when they do their finisher on the seal
2: mm-hmm.
3: and then the plate, the placement of the, the trophy at the head of the headdress uh, in the corner yes. on the outside of the cage. Uh, did you ever read the Watchmen comics?
2: I have not, sir.
3: I'm I'm going to make another leap, a grand leap, like I always do, comparing two things to another. But Alan <laughs> so Moore, the guy, the, the guy that wrote Watchmen, Alan Moore, uh, he would give instructions to the writers as to where to place objects. Like if there was a scene showing a character's desk, he would tell them where to place things on the desk in his notes for them to draw. So... Okay. If, he would have a reason for it too, and Lucha is not doing it that crazy in death. But compared to other wrestling shows, uh, even now, you don't you get it sometimes, but you get it a lot here, uh, as you will see mm-hmm. as the match conclu- as the match continues. There's a reason. They go back to why the the headdress is there. There's a reason why things happen on the seal. And and there's even more reason later on. It's just there's a lot of attention to detail. Like you said in a previous episode, they had actual writers, like writer writers um, for the cast. And it, man, it really shows going back and watching this. It's really cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's why, like, I always say it. The doc always says it. Like, this isn't so much a wrestling show as it is a show about wrestling.
3: And I and like uh, and I said before, I especially in this COVID era, I really think all wrestling companies are missing the mark by not making their shows more like this, especially WWE, because they have the they have the production crew. They have the money and, you know, they have well, they have the money to pay for for this kind of sh- shooting
2: here. Like during the COVID era, they actually had Chris DeJoseph, who was like a head guy in Lucha Underground. They had him on their payroll
3: today if they didn't use them that's crazy man and i'm not even this isn't me shitting on wwe this is me saying wwe could put on a show like lucha underground only better mm-hmm. exactly and they've always and they've always there i've heard the rumors where they wanted to get like uh what's the award for tv shows like is it are those emmys or is that movies it's so bad they if, they if they would just produce it like a show about wrestling which is what they're claim they want to do uh they could do it but they're stuck in this reality error wrestling which came after attitude error that's what they called it at one point they called it reality error wrestling Mm -hmm. because they're always going to the crowd they're always you know talking about twitter but if they would just make it a show about wrestling um, Mm -hmm. it would be great and i think they would they wouldn't have any competition if they did that they could actually in my opinion as controversial as it was as as it is and you know i love kenny omega like i'm a kenny omega stan if they did this, they would not have to worry about any, and they're not worried about them now. But other promotions wouldn't get as much buzz.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like they still have, like especially in certain parts of the country, like they still have that Coca-Cola in the South type of market share, but it could be so much more.
3: Oh, dude, they, it's it's they're in they they're stuck in their own ways. They get in their own way, and. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a correlation thing, like where Vince McMahon's at the top, and he's like, "Well, when we were doing this in the '80s, it was kind of corny, so like tag team wrestling. So we're not going to do tag team wrestling anymore." Or on the announcers, I always talk like this, so that's how you got to talk now. It's just someone that just thinks any change is bad, and so they Mm -hmm.
2: there's really no growth. I hear you, but one thing I hated about um, this main event here was that they included the escape stipulation. Like I've always thought, like that's never. That shouldn't be the point of a cage match. It's like, oh, I'm going to win by my feet hitting the floor before yours do. Like, the cage should be used, and it was being used here for the most part, as a way to punish your opponent, to make sure, like, you can't leave the ring, they can't leave the ring. You guys are going to fight it out.
3: I, you know, that I'd be okay with that, too. I, I'm not too against the escape stipulation, only when it's the same corny kind of finish. Yeah. Where like a guy is taking forever, like he's an eight ninety year old man that needs a walker, trying mm-hmm. to get off. Like, and they're athletes, and it takes them like thirty minutes to get over and drop. Especially when they're about to drop and they're still taking their time. Yeah, I, I, I hate that, man. I hate. Yeah, it. me. Too. <laughs> me too. We also got one of our best quotes from Vampiro, though. Really? He said, "Sometimes there are no words," and I felt it in my soul.
2: That's wow, that's deep for Hashtag Vampiro. Deep.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's like
2: deeper than the ocean for Vampiro, yeah, deeper than the hauler as Randy Travis would say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you may not know who Randy Travis is up there on the East Coast, buddy. Um, <laughs> East Coast, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, one thing I noticed here is like, okay, well, if King Cornell's a hunter, he's willingly being locked in a cage with an animal.
3: Well, he's, he's the Craven, the hunter. He's, he grossly over, he's great. He's a great hunter, but he grossly overestimates himself and he thinks he's, he gets in these fights because he thinks he's gonna, as a hunter, as a predator, like lions don't go after rhinoceroses. They go after like, uh, what are the, I don't don't know, uh, elk in Uh, gazelle. Gazelle. Yeah. They, they go after something that's not a predator. Uh, so he mm-hmm. thinks he's the alpha predator. So he's getting into the ring with, in his mind, a rabbit, but he finds out that, you know, and at first he's, he's outmaneuvering Johnny Mundo. Like he's showing like Johnny Mundo's trying to parkour and move around and he keeps cutting them off in the beginning, but he slowly mm-hmm. starts to find out like he does with every fight that he's in the, he's in the cage with another lion.
2: Uh, yeah. One thing I hated about the escape step is that like, there's a point where Mundo like manages to outmaneuver Cuerno and he Parkour is over Cuerto, onto the top rope, and he's like, his head is over the top of the cage. If he wanted to, he's already moving fast enough where he could have won the match here.
3: Was that the finish, or was that before the finish? I don't remember no, this.
2: No, this was, this was before the finish. Like, they, they still had quite a bit to go, man. Quite a bit of back and forth to go.
3: Isn't that stupid? I would agree.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I didn't write much of the action down, to be completely honest with you, but... Um, Mundo gets to the top of the cage and he does this is the finish by the way he has the match one he decides like you know what screw this guy and this is how I'm interpreting it he's like you know what I can win here or I could definitely win here and I could hurt King Cuerno some more so he's like "Screw this guy." He-
3: well you broke up a little bit but I, I will say that M- Match Striker did kind of add some more flavor to it he could win by escape but he wanted to win by by, uh, some, by not submission, but he wanted to win by, by victory.
2: He, yes, he wanted a definitive win for yes. sure.
3: I would have hated I this if how, he lost.
2: I love, I love when Skype decides like, Oh, you know what? We're going to be good for the most part. And then we get to the end and they're like, ah, screw you, Caleb. Well, don't, no,
3: it's, it's going to be good. Like it, it hasn't ruined it too much. Uh, if you want to re-, re say what you were saying, you can, uh, it'll, <laughs> uh,
2: But yeah, no, basically, and I think you kind of uh, alluded to it, but Mundo has the match when he's at at the top of the top of the cage. And he decides, you know what? No, I want to hurt Cuerno some more. So he hits the end of the world from the top of the cage and he gets the pin win.
3: Exactly. And they went for not quite a New Japan finish, but they wanted just the guy to defeat the other guy and not win by escape. And like I said, I would have hated it if he had, Done that and paid for it, even though that does make sense. Then he would have yeah. looked like a, like a big idiot, which he would have had dumb baby face syndrome. But he he did win, and it was a definitive win. And, and frankly, I don't think it hurts Cuerno too much
2: losing in this matter. Yeah. So I don't know if dumb baby face syndrome is like a slang term on the the Twitter machine, but if it's not, we definitely need to trademark that because that that could be a shirt for sure.
3: I stole it from Solo Monster.
2: Ah, damn. I was going to say, because like when I think of like baby faces deciding like, yeah, no, I want to do the big move. I think of Eddie Guerrero inside the cage against JBL. Like you've got a clear path. No one's out there interfering. You can win the match right now. And he's like, screw you. I'm going to hit the frog splash.
3: Well, it's also I could go back further for when the Hardy split. They had a cage match. Matt already got out. It was against the Dudleys, or Edge and Christian, or both. And I think it was Jeff. E&C. Okay. Ed, Ed, Jeff was at the top. And he could have got out too, but he, he decided to do a swanton bomb. swanton bomb. He missed or something and the hardies ended up losing. And that was like, maybe they didn't break up right after, but it, that was right when they're kind of the divide was starting between him and Matt. Yeah. So yeah. It, I hate that stuff too. So they, I, I'm actually glad he won. If he had escaped, that would have been fine too. Uh, but I wasn't too upset with it. It, it could have been way worse.
2: <laughs> yes, I agree. So uh from one to ten, how are we gonna rate this episode, Greg? Let me know your rating first. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a cop out if I've ever heard one.
3: It definitely um, is. Um
2: anyway, that being said, that being said, I love the cage match, even though I didn't take a lot of notes here. Um I love the cage match. I love the antics of Angelico helico evil east and son of havoc. And I like the I like the Pentagon and Arhennis match, so I'm going to give this a well-rounded, well-deserved seven and a half.
3: Oh, wow. You went higher than I did. See, I was wondering if seven was too high.
2: Hmm. See, I was thinking like, oh, maybe I could give it an eight, but like everything was good to great, like good, but nothing was like especially great, you know?
3: Well, I'm trying to keep in mind future episodes because if I give this mm-hmm. too high of a of a score, then it's going to be like a six-star rating where we're, we're going to break the... Uh, <laughs> You know the yeah. rating system, and we might uh, might as well say it on the on the air. Like I'm thinking, maybe we might want to go back and change it eventually to a different kind of rating. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with a seven, just because grave consequences is coming up next, and I don't want to have to give it a twelve. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I will definitely not be doing any melterisms and breaking my own scale, but. I am excited for next week's episode and I don't want to promise anything that we can't keep, but we may may have a guest next week. We might. We're
3: trying to organize we're trying to do the uh the logistics of it, but it is holiday season. We're recording this on the 16th and this one's going to drop New Year's? 2
2: weeks from now. New Year's Eve.
3: Okay, yeah. So this is going to drop in 2 weeks. And then this and one will know- be after
2: that our next episode might be, might be recorded two days from now.
3: It might be. Uh, We like being, we like having a few in the pocket.
2: Um, Well, yeah, exactly. And that's why, that's why I do these podcasts that aren't like topical, you know, in present moment. So that way you can bank these, you know, you're not beholden to like, okay, I have to absolutely record once a week.
3: That's why next up is Dojo Pro. Pro.
2: Yes. Dojo Pro or wrestling society X or who knows what man. (laughs) <laughs>
3: wrestling society we, should we do the wrestler the movie uh
2: we we could do movies yeah um just in general s-
3: I never saw it but I heard good things
2: the wrestler is pretty good um I would also like to consider going into like uh movies where wrestlers had like a decent enough role well
3: I, I actually have in my queue on Amazon on Amazon Prime I have uh, the David Arquette recent documentary
2: uh david you can't kill david Arquette or whatever it's called
3: yeah i'm like i'm like on the fence to watching it every time i put it on i'm like oh, i i'm like i i want to watch it but not at the moment i can but <laughs> so uh, is that on netflix or is that on amazon prime i found it on prime uh okay cause prime is i use prime for most of my stuff because once because i can buy it and then it's mine like i i have all of Amp- i have all of lucha underground purchased yeah uh, I have a lot of, I have a few other series I've purchased, like, uh, uh, Justified. Mm-hmm. I have that with, uh, what's
2: Tim and his name? Old Boyd
3: Crowder. Old Boyd Crowder.
2: Get behind me, uh, devil. Boyd Crowder. And, uh, oh my God, he was, uh, wasn't was it God? Trixie? Was, that, was Trixie his name in son uh, son of, Sons of Anarchy? He was the, uh, transvestite? Uh, transgender
3: transsexual yeah oh he was transgender he, i he might have been Trixie. walton goggles is nuts <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's in goggles is amazing dude uh hateful eight great movie he's in that yep um tarantino movie
2: okay I, I haven't yep.
3: seen him do anything else recently
2: uh he's on the cbs show called the unicorn what it's called the unicorn is it any What? what is that I think it's like a family drama type thing. Oh, well, never mind. I don't care. I mean, who knows? It might be good. It's got Walton.
3: <laughs> eh. don't really care for
2: it, it. Need I need like action or thriller stuff. I get you. I get you. Folks, if you want to hear more of us, you know, talking about things besides Lucha Underground, and we love to <laughs> do that was the best part of last week's episode.
3: Yeah, and there's a lot from this episode that's
2: Oh, was man. before we
3: started recording which what do we talk about the x-men movies and I forget what else.
2: and his uh piece of shit behavior
3: <laughs> yeah and his terrible x-men movies after the second one yeah uh, but
2: yeah but yeah folks seriously let us know one way or another like hey if we if we ramble too much about stuff besides lucha underground we might tone tone it down a little or we might say go fuck yourself and do what we want but uh that's that's usually not a good way to keep a listenership.
3: Yeah, I think we've may have uh, pissed off a lot of the internal Lucha Underground staff <laughs> with <laughs> our constant uh, trolling and uh, needling. Uh, and
2: so who- I'm,
3: surpri- I'm surprised I'm surprised he Josh number two still listens. He might not anymore. Uh, he Josh number two listens to our show. Yeah, he says it all the time. I thought that was the young boy. Yeah, he does, too. Uh, both Josh's okay.
2: did. Um, nice. So both heel th- Josh is awesome.
3: I think Hill Josh number two said he's been downloading it. Right? His, his, his wording is, doesn't sound like he's listening so much anymore. Um, hey, you
2: know what? That's fine. I'll take a download.
3: Yeah. I mean, numbers are, we're WWE. As long as you pay, as long as you put eyes on it, we get money.
2: Yeah, we're exactly. Not
3: getting, we're not getting money, but it's the same concept.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: We don't have to change the product. if we're If we're making views, we don't need to change the product. Why would we change the product?
2: yeah this is what works why would we change um (laughs) (laughs) folks i've kept you long enough me and greg could probably go for another hour and who knows maybe we will after the show's over but i am going to uh bid you adieu as one kenny omega would say and um i'm you know what i'm tired of picking on the keeping it strong style crew man that's just it's weak sauce you know
3: well it is the holidays we could skip it i mean sometimes it's good to uh I don't, I don't want to say pick your battles, but I also like to choose buying. Times I, yeah. you know, I poke, you know, mm-hmm. so, but
2: folks, I want you to know and like, hell, maybe this will be a one off and I'll never do it again. But I want you to know that if you think there is a better podcast out there, that you are wrong. And sometimes when you are wrong, there is nothing more than grave consequences. Folks, we are not alone here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There are plenty of other great shows on here. None as great as ours, of course. But we have on this lineup a bivvy of great shows, including 8-Bit Suplex, Suplex, hosted by Sandy Gaviria and Josh McLaughlin, even though he hates me for some reason. We also have All Things Elite, hosted by Austin S. and my boy, my fellow Oki Floyd Johnson Jr., Again, that's all things elite. That covers AEW and it does it in a damn good way. We got Get in the Ring, DJ Cooks, great host. Also, he hosts a show called The Great Match Generator. And I believe uh once or twice you've been on that show, if I'm not mistaken, right, Greg? I was on the first one. We've also got Grown Men Watch This Shit. Again, that's James Vanderbeek and Chris Bryan. Two great guys, in my opinion. Another show. Uh New Japan Centric. Keeping it strong style, hosted by Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh Smith, a couple of great guys, in my opinion. Loads of great people on this network, if you if you notice the theme. Also, of course, we got the OGs of Social Suplex. We got One Nation Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. Every Sunday on the network. We've also got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Last but not least, I love those guys. They're my homies from Scotland. Ricky, you are one handsome devil, and you guys put on a great podcast. And always remember to listen to the Grave Consequences podcast, or there will be grave consequences.